This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast, and here I am with my big brother co-host, it's Jon. Hello, Jon. I'm not big brother, you just need supervision. (laughs) I mean, it's difficult for me to argue with that, honestly. (laughs) We all like big brother, right? It was one of the most biggest hypes in the world a couple of, uh, I mean, a decade ago by now, I guess. Oh God, I hope it was further away than that, but yeah. <laughs> never watched it. Ugh, terrible, terrible. So no, we're not talking about terrible TV. Well, I mean, we may accidentally talk about terrible TV, but that's not the aim of this uh, particular episode. Talk about terrible bosses. Um, yes, and terrible cultures and, and terrible business practices. Uh, we are talking about... The legal backlash will grow in response to employee monitoring, apparently. So this is continuing our, our Forrester trends and exploring our thoughts on uh, on these particular things. Um, the, 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 the fun little comment here is, a C-level executive will be fired for their company's use of employee monitoring. Is that the camera um, in the toilets? Uh, oh god <laughs> it's just this this whole thing is um a pretty terrible like in my personal opinion like this is generally speaking like a pretty terrible um set of practices taken to the kinds of extremes that this is talking but about how can and, it be wrong i mean if five people are paid to do the same job Right. You want to make sure all five of them are equally active and productive so they each earn the same wage. I mean, you don't want a situation where two people are doing all the work and three people are just standing there doing nothing, right? And how do you figure that out? Through monitoring. No. <laughs> <laughs> so my my approach has always been, uh, and yeah, this is yeah, this is, again, my personal opinion is, I almost, I don't really care whether someone works from eight in the morning to, uh, you know, to seven at night or from 10 in the morning till two in the afternoon, as long as they get what they need to done. Now, it's not quite true, as in if someone is working ridiculous hours to achieve the, you know, an appropriate level of performance, there's probably there's probably a challenge there. There's probably a, a situation that needs addressing. Maybe they're trying to do too much. Maybe they've been set some unfair, you know, deadlines or need workload training. or whatever it might be. Yeah, or need training and, and are not um, at the level or ability that um, that perhaps you know they're perceived to be at or whatever. But for me, it's always been about as long as the outcome is good and is done on an appropriate timeline um, then that is how we should be measuring you know people yeah but still you need kind of a baseline to decide what is a normal amount of work that can be done by a typical person in a reasonable amount of time i mean for some things it's easy if if you're on the the as you call that factory line, putting that same screw in the same mm. part every single second of the day, you know the speed of the line goes that fast. Person needs to be able to do 20,000 turns of the screwdriver. 
those things are easy to do. But in the service industry, I mean, look at my job, solution architect. Um, how do you even quantify what I am supposed to be doing in a day? And no day is the same, to be honest, which is mm. I do this mm. job. Yeah. How do you get that stuff? Because a lot of times when you have the big companies have these uh, industry standards, say, and analysts have decided that they must have done some monitoring somewhere. So I think there's a difference between um, having some sort of metrics on what you expect or, or how you track things like leading indicators or trailing indicators of some level of performance or achievement or whatever it is. So like a, a, a trailing indicator in the role of a, a solutions architect, solutions engineer, call it whatever you like. One of the, the biggest trailing indicators is typically the revenue that that person is you know, uh, allocated against or delivers along with their, their colleagues. Um, like that is a very much a trailing indicator based on hopefully the, the good performance that they put in with their team and wind deals and all that sort of thing. Um, you know, leading indicators are more along the lines of things like, um, you know, how much time, how much time are they spending with their customers or how much, um, time they're spending with their, their colleagues, you know, what sort of projects that they're working on? Are they, you know, are they engaging in frankly, sort of useful behavior? <laughs> useful behavior. Can you explain that a bit further, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, if someone doesn't turn up to any meetings ever, that's a good thing because meetings not, are bad. <laughs> that is usually not very useful behavior um, in our particular uh, world or universe. But there's a difference between having these kind of very high, relatively high level kind of general indicators and the the level of detail that this is kind of going down into, which is things like, uh, keystroke recording, desktop snapshot recording, um, surveillance via webcams. And okay, I was going to say something else first, but let's move on. That's the very, very extreme end of... Uh, and the only point where I've seen that actually in effect is in three-letter acronym top secret agencies where they just want to make sure no sensitive data gets stolen somehow. It Unfortunately, that's not only the case. Mm -hmm. Like it happens in a lot of different organizations and a lot of different roles. Um, I see it happening, or I, I've certainly heard about it happening in a variety of um, other, you, often but not always, government-related organizations. It happens a lot in financial services mm -hmm. organizations. Um, it also happens, unfortunately, in organizations where um, people are employed that maybe this is the only job that they can get, um, or you know there there are there are less options, and they specifically target if these kind of employers target people that maybe have less flexibility or less options, and therefore you know don't have the flexibility to go and pick a job that doesn't have this kind of onerous, you know very very granular detailed tracking of what they do you know, Jan asked a question before before we started recording which is when we got into this topic as it was you know would would I work for an employer that had these kind of practices in place to which my answer was hell no absolutely not but I'm in the 
I think, very lucky position that, A, I'm not on the lookout for another job at the moment. I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. But B, if I did, um, I feel pretty confident in my skills and my abilities and my track record that I could go and get a job at somewhere that I would enjoy that would not have this kind of insane level of... Um, and. You know, I, I think I find this very, very draconian. And to me, this a lot of this comes back down to trust. And mm -hmm. organizations often that are implementing these kind of practices are doing so from a top-down nature because they don't trust um, their, their people's ability to be productive without this level of detailed tracking. And I, in my mind, it's the the culture. I, I get that there are some times and some positions where this kind of very detailed uh, tracking is necessary. And you mentioned like three-letter acronym type government organizations. I, I get that. I, I accept that. Some of them are four letters, but hey. Um, but for, for the majority of like standard quote-unquote traditional commercial organizations there's absolutely no real need for this apart from the huge lack of trust that an organization shows in its employees again in my opinion yeah it's funny that you wouldn't want to work for a company that monitors you but in your hobby you're okay to be filmed 100 percent of the time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we have to separate it in uh, security reasons and pure monitoring reasons. Uh, security reasons, yeah. sometimes it's part of the of the world you're working in and you have to accept it or choose not to work there. That's fine. Yeah. The other end of the spectrum, that's the sweatshops where you kind of get yeah monitored to that. Now you say it's a lack of trust. I agree. But mm -hmm. it's also a laziness of not being interested in fostering trust. Yes, because monitoring absolutely. is an easy way out. Putting a camera on someone's person means you don't. You as a manager, and don't mean you, you, but a manager mm. uh, doesn't need to put any effort in getting to know the people or feeling how they work and what works for them or doesn't work for them. I just have my spreadsheet at the end of the week that says well, hour one, hour two, hour three. Okay, check in the box. Done. Next. And that laziness is also tightly packed with those jobs where people don't have a choice because the managers that manage people that don't have a choice typically don't also don't have a choice but to be that kind of manager because they don't get any places anywhere else. I mean, if you're supervising an Amazon warehouse, I don't think you're a top executive at that point. And you'll be monitored and measured just as much as the, the slaves on, on, on the, on the uh, factory floor, uh, warehouse floor. Mm. Yeah, like the the I'm trying to see if there's a gray area to any of this. I think the only the only gray area that I can potentially find and I'm still very very negative about this whole thing, but the only gray area that I can potentially see in this is that sometimes uh, there are some organizations that have a lot more um, detailed and granular tracking of employees during their first sort of probationary period, you know, the, the 60 days, the, the three months, the six months, whatever it might be. And then, you know, they, they turn it off after that and they use it as part of their the sort of development and mentoring 
process within the initial kind of period. But I still, I, I still don't. It's kind of I, bad start, uh, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I get it in terms of, and we, we talked about this, I think, in a, in a, a previous podcast. Like, there are some situations where more organisations are uh, adopting more and more uh, remote working staff. And therefore, for some tasks and some roles, it's a lot more difficult to, um, you know, train and develop someone in in certain roles in certain positions through the traditional methods. Because in the traditional methods, everyone would be in an office, and you'd be able to see and help people. And it's not mm-hmm. quite the same uh, as when when some of these roles are being done. Uh, remotely now but i still think that this is this to me is still the wrong approach and i this to me even when i try and try and desperately find the gray area i'm always leaning back to the very black and white opinion that this is this is just what about this gray area some companies i worked for had the idea that in order to predict necessary team growth they needed to know when people were overburdened and more people needed to be added to make the team work normally again mm-hmm. how do you figure out that your team is overburdened well let's put some kind of let's not call it a tracking system but call it something else in place where people log what they're doing and if we see that everybody is like 100 percent of the calendars are full with mm-hmm. everything uh, then i can go to my boss's boss to say i need more people here is the proof that my team is overburdened mm-hmm. and yeah, you can say whatever you want it's tracking your, your employees Usually, it's voluntary tracking. The employee puts in what he's doing, he or she is doing at a certain time. Is it voluntary, though? Well, it's it's voluntary to a point that if you don't do it, you get fired. So, it's still voluntary. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's not an automated uh, monitoring thing. It's the employee that has to type it in. And that, of course, leads to potential for gaming the system. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I... The first kind of pretty much... 11 years of my working career was spent in kind of aerospace uh, engineering, mechanical engineering. And, you know, for a good chunk of that, I I had to file timesheets. And, you know, you had to file your time against the, the projects that you were working on so that your hours could get billed back to those projects. Because I was doing, you know, over, over my 11 years, you know, a huge variety of different things from... Um, yeah, engine testing, engine simulation, computational fluid dynamics, um, engine simulation, you know, all sorts of uh, control systems analysis, like completely different things depending on, you know, what team or role or department I was part of throughout my, my career. But you absolutely saw people that, you know, would come in particularly early, um, and then spend you know a huge amount of time having breakfast, and then chatting with people as people came in, and then maybe they would do a better work. And then they would take an early lunch, and then they would come back late. They would spend an afternoon chatting to lots of people. And are you monitoring me at work office, or something like that? <laughs> hang around the office later, and then eventually depart, and you know claim a whole bunch of overtime. And maybe they wouldn't do this all the time because. That would get noticed, but like you know, a couple of days a week here and there, oh, you'd see this. You'd see this pattern kind of emerging with certain people, 
And it uh, often took a long time for that to actually get noticed. Um, people get know, good it, at it. Yeah, people do get good at it. People get good at gamifying uh, systems. And the interesting thing, I think, is that the smarter the... Let's see, the, this, almost like the smarter the audience that you're trying to um, you know, track... Well, no, the, the smarter the audience that you're trying to track, almost the less reliable the data will likely be because they will just figure out a way in the majority of cases. And again, in my personal opinion and in my experience, the smarter the people are, the more quickly they will figure out how to either A, gamify the system out of existence or B, um, just completely automate their entries. Now, some of, I, I will say... I've seen some people automate things in a way that is very, very good. And if you can find some of the people that are embracing um, like the activity tracking, but automating in a way that actually still provides useful information, if you can find those people and then replicate what they're doing, it's, it's gold dust. But more often than not, people will take the path of least resistance out they won't necessarily care or think too much of the data that's being collected, and they'll just find an easy way to yeah to punch out. That's kind of inevitable because most tracking systems are built on quantity over quality. And if you're going to gamify the system, and you're right, smart people. I mean, I'm looking. I'm not calling myself a smart person here, but I enjoy gamifying. If you give me some strict rule set that I can gamify, it's an it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge, basically, and that's how it works. But most systems just go for quantity and quality, and that's easy to gamify. I still have not yeah. seen a single monitoring system, but not again for security. Security compliance, that's another thing. That, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It exists for a reason. But for otherwise, I have never seen a system that actually delivers a valuable, trustworthy information. Uh, okay, so here's a slightly different question. Have you seen a system that at least provides any value at all, some value? Um, the most value I see is value for the employees. In so far that I started my, I'm gonna say the company because the company doesn't exist anymore, Barco Graphics. They were a creative company that built hardware and software for the desktop publishing uh, environments. They were top of the line, mm -hmm. their monitors were in the, uh, the Barco monitors were in the space shuttle, so I mean, they had really good people working for them. Didn't they make really high-end projectors as well? High-end projectors. Uh, yeah, I remember them. Yeah. They were they were big. They were they were innovative yeah, yeah, and yeah. anything like that. And at a certain point, they introduced a time card system. You had to clock in and clock mm -hmm. out for engineers, for creative people. Mm -hmm. Well, those engineers, instead of staying late until 12 midnight almost, they went home at 5. Hmm. Their families had enormous value out of this system. Mm. They very quickly disabled the time clock. <laughs> so remember, memory served, it was there for three months. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 I can tell you something that I have seen happen when this kind of, um, this, a more sensible level, let's say, of, of, uh, of tracking goes in of activity tracking should we say goes in place which is it does make people think more about 
how like okay let's let's use a really a really like specific example one of the things that i often tell people is if you need to prepare for something block out time in your schedule block out time saying that you're preparing for x Because otherwise, if if I glance at someone's schedule and I, I just see huge chunks of white space in their day, I, I know that uh, most people are, like, by default, being productive during that time. Um, but I know that because I know the individuals. But other people won't necessarily know that. And also, I don't know, I may think that they're being productive, but are they working on like a personal hobby project that's aligned to work? Are they working on a particular customer project? Are they working against like a strategic goal for the the team or the company or the department? I don't know. But if someone is actively like blocking time out for something that they're working on, then that gives me insight. And it also helps them to identify, okay, this is time that I should be spending on this. And I, that is something that I think is, you know, a useful side effect of this. It doesn't have to be a side effect of this. People can just do it yeah, anyway. Tracking. But I do find that if you're tracking it, people tend to actually do that more often than they would otherwise. And it's very important in uh, distributed companies because in distributed companies, yes. when things are being set up, what do you do? You take the shared calendars and find an empty spot and yeah. put something in there. And yeah. for me, when I know I have a webinar that's being done in May, two, two, two months yeah. from now, I will block the, the webinar, of course. But I will always yeah. bl- also block a couple of days before rehearsal and before that, depending on how much work I think will be necessary, yeah. I will then already block parts in my calendar up to today to make sure that I have the room available to make that work. And probably yeah. some of those blocks will disappear because it's less work than I thought, or I would yeah. need more, it depends. Yeah. But doing that, especially in distributed environments where you, people can't just see how busy you are, is yeah. very important. And in, any, in my mentoring uh, steps, it's, it's always included as well that for new people, yeah. if you're going here, especially if they're coming from non-distributed companies, I try to hammer it yeah. in and they don't really see the importance of it until they see the importance of it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's only when someone gets gets burnt by uh, yeah I, I yeah I see this a lot with with kind of people very early on where they 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 think they've got all this time in their schedule to like get something done and then they get upset when like a whole bunch of things get plonked in the time oh but I'd set that time aside to do x well no you didn't how is anyone <laughs> yeah you didn't basically how is anyone supposed to know if you don't actually communicate to people that that time was blocked aside and that's how you do it so yeah i it's and be honest about it don't fake yeah. it don't make your manager think you can do everything without any preparation because you burn out yeah. you'll be demotivated yeah. you'll hate your job you'll hate yourself and you move on and that's a bad thing you're investing part yeah. of your life in this yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely so i think we're we're all agreeing that trust is important uh yes and i would even say if you if you're this company's designed to go distributed and they think they need monitoring to make it work, don't do it. Mm. Don't go distributed. If you don't have the trust, you can't go distributed. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. I think that's it for us. In that case, I think that's Dave's subtle hints that I'm having the outro today. So that's all we have for today. You can support this podcast. You can become a Patreon contributions to help us keep this wonderful content up in the air. 
We're on YouTube. You can like and hit subscribe buttons. You can even watch videos there. You can go to www.roaringelephant.org. There's links to the Patreon page, the YouTube page, and all the information about the podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter using the at Roaring Elephant tag. You can send feedback feedback by email to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Send us any topics you want us to talk about. We're always looking for new things. Until next time, my name is... Let me just fill in my timesheet, John. <laughs> and my name is... I always block out prep time for the podcast, Dave. <laughs> we look forward to talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. See you then. Bye.